This is Authentic and Ambitious with Allison Crow. I'm Allison Crow, your host, and I'm an intuitive life and business coach helping authentic and ambitious women keep the soul and success in their life and work through deep coaching, savvy business strategy, and connected community. This podcast is here to help bring insight, awareness, and action to your authentic and ambitious life. Let's do this. Hey, y'all. It's episode number 129, Lessons Learned from Belonging to High-Level Masterminds. So I will get into that in a minute. Let me give you a little setting of the scene today. Today is a Sunday, and it snowed here in Central Texas. And I am not talking the kind of like ice little slurry that we get maybe once a year. I am talking three full accumulated make a full-size snowman snow right outside of Austin, Texas. Austin had it too, but I live outside of Austin, Texas in a little town called Lago Vista. And it was such a much needed joyful break. At one point this afternoon, I, first of all, I have been in my reindeer pajamas all day long. My, we have the fire going in the fireplace. I'm sitting with a glass of, actually, yeah, sitting with a glass of wine watching Outlander, which my husband started. I was in my office doing some work and all of a sudden I heard the theme song to Outlander and I, it was, it's just one of those moments where my husband blew me away. I think he has exhausted everything else and likes time travel, but he can't stand period pieces. So we're four, four episodes into Outlander. This is my third time to watch it. Love it. And my dogs were all piled on the couch. The snow was coming down and I just looked up and was like, Oh, this is just one of those moments. So happy. So happy. So I don't know if the audio picked that or not. My husband just sneezed in the other room. Um, I've been playing in the snow and watching Outlander and drinking coffee and wine and cozy cozying all day instead of recording podcasts. But now I am back in my bedroom. My husband is watching football and I've got two of my rescue dogs who sponsor this show. And we are going to share with you some of the lessons Uh, from belonging to these high-level masterminds. And so what I mean by high-level mastermind first is, uh, let's see, so when I was in the real estate world, we would pay like $500 to go to a giant conference. It was really a sales event to sell people into coaching. This was actually even before I was a coach. And then as a coach, this is one of the ways we got clients. We did all the big stuff on stage. And then we would have breakout masterminds. And these masterminds would be like, I don't know, 50, 60 people. Like I remember masterminding with a bunch of other coaches. And we would be in groups of like eight or nine at a table. And we would share ideas. And then at the end of it, it was all, join our coaching program. Join our coaching program. And You know, I'm all for it. I always learned something at that. I always got clients from it. And I always signed up for coaching at it. And then in 2013, I joined, I had had a couple of expensive coaches. I had done a couple of high-end mastermind. When I say high-end, I mean five figures and up. 
So in 2013, I did join my first small group coaching program. I guess you could call it a mastermind. My coach called it a salon, which lived in at the time. And I joined, um, it was, his program was six months and I paid $10,000 for it. And I had never, well, I had paid six months for $10,000, but for one-on-one coaching. So I had not done a group like that before. And I remember, and I paid him full. I remember having a panic attack. I remember thinking, what the hell did I do? Um, And it was fun because within two weeks of actually joining his program, I had made $30,000. And as soon as I did that, I knew that this this style of small group mastermind learning was really going to work for me. So I got coaching and then I also got the expertise of being with other people in the room. I did two or three, or actually I did three of Rich's different salons. And then he has an even higher level, more expensive uh, mastermind program. He doesn't call it masterminds. It's called 4PC. And I was in the original group of 4PC. I'm not sure how many years he's been doing that. I don't even remember what year it was. That was a very powerful experience. And then honestly, I took a couple of years off from doing high-level masterminds. Um, I I was in a group coaching program with my friend and colleague, John Morgan. Uh, It was still expensive. It actually still was high-level, but it was pure coaching. It really wasn't so much mastermind. Um, but I, I definitely decreased my coaching budget when I was building Soulful Success. So I started that program in 2017, and here we are, 2021. And last year was the first year that I joined my current coach's uh, high-level mastermind. So I've been in her community, um, and October 2019, I joined her program. So thanks for bearing with me as I set a little context. Uh my coach now, her mastermind was the most expensive mastermind I've ever paid for. And sure enough, I signed up in October. We didn't start until January. And in October, I, again, made $30,000. I signed two $15,000 clients to pay for that. And um, so I'll, I'll bring that up in a little bit. Um, we've just completed, well, in December, we completed uh, my year with Tara and absolutely I knew, I don't know, I knew back in August that I would restart with her. And so we just restarted the very first week. I have my first one-on-one session with her. And also last year I started my own high level mastermind again. I used to do them. I took a few years off to do only one thing, building soulful success for three years. That was all my focus. And so last year I started my own high level mastermind, um, in the five figures, close to $20,000 range, um, women business owners who were achievement level. And for this one program, I did put a financial cap on it. You had to have made a hundred thousand dollars or more in a single year, uh, mostly to keep I love working with newer people. I really love working with growth people. Um, but I wanted the level of question and conversation to be achievement level, not beginner level. So that's why we put that in there. And there is a, I don't, I don't know that Tara necessarily has 
a, a financial cap on hers, but I do know that all the women that have been in my masterminds both last year and this year with her are experienced multi-six-figure business owners. Okay, so done with context. Thank you for listening to seven minutes and 35 seconds of that. Let's talk about the lessons. I have three really big ones. And the first one, as I clear my throat, we rise and fall to the rooms we are in. And I... I'm a, I'll talk about my independence in the second lesson, but in this first one, we rise and fall to the rooms we're in. I love being in learning communities. I loved being, I love being in small to medium sized learning communities where I can build relationships. If I'm in a big room with hundreds of people, I'll be kind of shy. I'll be kind of slow. I'll be kind of introverted. And I remember even last year on our very first group call with uh, Tara, there, you know, there were 12 people in our mastermind. And I, I can't remember the question she asked. I don't know if it was in the group or on our Voxer channel, but it was like, I'm going to pretend I've known y'all all for a year already. And I'm going to behave as if I've already known you for a year because I trusted Tara to bring together the right room. And so for me, really recognizing and remembering that I thrive best. Most people actually do. Even if you like working alone, there are some pitfalls to that. But I thrive best when I'm in a social learning community where I can continue to learn, implement, grow, and do my inner and outer work in a way that I connect with other people. So social learning and connection I remember recently, there's so many things I could tell you that I've learned over the last year. I have a whole journal in my lap of, of lessons. But one of the most recent is the one that propelled me actually into writing my book, which I'm making some pretty good progress on that. I felt a little silly bringing this to the room in this room full of multi-six-figure business owners, many online, a couple offline, completely offline. Like one of my mastermind members doesn't have a Facebook profile. She's not on Instagram. She is on no social media. <laughs> she runs a construction company out of, in New York. And she runs an $80 million business. And I remember... The, the, the thing that I was bringing to the call was actually my boredom. And a lot of times in entry-level groups, people are bringing the how-to, the how-to, the how-to, like how to do this sales or how to get more clients or these kind of things. And, and you know, my brain was telling me I'm, my brain was telling me this is such a silly thing, but my heart was saying, no, bring it to the room. And so I brought it to the room. I said, okay, here's where I am. My business is going really well. I'm taking care of my health. That's in progress. Things are lined up for business. You know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm doing a good job of doing the daily do of my business, the fun stuff and the boring stuff. It's like I'm, I'm practiced at this now. And I've got some extra time and space. I, my kids are grown and out of, um, I have stepkids. They're grown and out of the house, off doing their own lives. So we're empty nesters. So I'm not dealing with any of that kind of stuff. 
And I brought up this concept of boredom and talked about it for a few minutes. And it was like, I don't want to move myself into like super strive. And I also don't want to just fill myself with busy time. And I'll never forget the look of my mastermind sisters on the call. And there were quite a few of them, not every single one of them, but that were also in the exact same place as I was. And so number one, it normalized a certain part of every business owner's journey. And I don't know about you, if you've been in business for a while, it's very likely that you may have burned something really good to the ground. And I know that in the past, every two years, I have burned something to ground to start it. And here I am starting the fifth year of Soulful Success. And because it's working, that's the other thing. If it's working all of a sudden, does our subconscious brain think we need some more bullshit to, to crumble? And so it was a really profound moment to realize that this was an achievement level problem. And I wasn't alone. And... What I discovered by talking with these other women and then hearing their stories, A, I discovered that about myself, but B, it led me to a place of clarity. And the next week I hired my book writing coach. I just knew I, I had to clear that clutter out and I knew and, and hiring Heather for the book writing was kind of almost magical in the sense that I've known Heather for a long time. I've known that I would hire her and I've known since I was 19 that I would write books and I've thought about starting and thought about starting and thought, thought about starting. And, um, I didn't even know what book I would write after this energetic clearing, but I knew. And so here we are four months later, um, quite a few chapters of the book done and definitely still way in the first draft. But so learning in these rooms, and I know I kind of went into the depth of that, but some of, not some, most every single conversation on one of my high level masterminds as a client and as a coach, there is a life changing insight that often does not happen in how-to rooms. Uh, the other section of we rise and fall to the rooms we're in is the business connection matrix. And so looking back at the beautiful rosters of clients that I have had, meeting other people in other groups. So even way back in the early 2000s when I worked for Keller Williams, actually, that was my first business mastermind. I forgot about that. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Sometimes I forgot life happened before I ran my own business. Um, so when I was back at Keller Williams, I actually, I had two coaches. I had my Keller Williams and Maps coaches and I hired this woman named Christina Merkley was my first out of Keller Williams coach. Uh, she was, had nothing to do with real estate. I hired her for a business and life incubator. It was a year long program. Um, she was a visual coach. I got my visual coaching certification from her and I still have colleagues from that group. Gosh, that was probably 2010. 
I'll have to look it up. That was a long time ago. But I still have connections. And actually, some of those people in those rooms have become my clients. Some were my clients in the visual coaching world. Some were my clients in um, coming to art retreats. And some have been my clients as far as coaching clients. It's amazing. And so the business connection matrix, right? It expands. People are always like, where do you go and meet other people? And I don't personally really like to go to networking meetings. I like to join communities and immerse myself in communities, learning communities. So, okay, just got really excited there. Oh, y'all, it brings back, it brings back just a wave of emotion, of memories, of faces. And as I sit here, you know, and I think I'm sharing this podcast with these three lessons, one, two, three, and their little subtitles, I'm realizing that being in these masterminds has been the backbone. Is it the backbone or is it the muscles? I think it's the muscles. I'm not really an anatomy person, but it's the muscles that hold the backbone up. We all rise together. And I can't imagine, I often hear, you, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. There are some people who like to work on teams and then there are some people who are the ones who have trouble allowing people to help them. And probably in high school, you were the one who did the entire group report because nobody else would get things done. And so you tend to work fast and you work on your own. And I tend to work fast and work on my own. So... I do like <laughs> um, running parallel, right? So I may not be working with that person um, or have them working on my team, but I really like working in the same room with other people going fast, thinking deep, and executing quickly. It's really fun for me. And so I wrote down independent Scorpio moon. And actually one of my mastermind sisters, I don't know that much about astrology, um, I don't even know that much about being an Aquarius, but when she asked me my moon and sun, I'm also, um, my rising sign is Aquarius. I'm a Scorpio moon and a Scorpio sun. I think I got that right. And she just looked at me after hearing some of my story and was like, oh my gosh. Well, apparently Scorpios sting themselves. Like we have some self-sabotage. And I will tell you, the, there's a lot of good things about being independent, there's a lot of good things about it. But when left to my own devices and not in that social learning high-level room, my Scorpio moon stings my ass. So whether I burn my business down or I buy my own lousy thoughts, being in those rooms and being with that coach that can hold me is so helpful for my ambition because I can question my ambition from time to time. I can get really doubtful about it. Not doubtful about my ability, but we all have doubts. Um, so I don't necessarily, that's the thing, like I'm the kind of person, and maybe you are too, like you don't necessarily need a coach, right? Whether I have a coach or not, I'm going to get shit done. Whether I have a coach or not, I'm going to do well in business and life. I, I'm a master self-coach. And I want to have a coach. I want to have high-level peers around me. I want to be having these conversations. It is important to me. I think I told y'all earlier this year, I had asked myself this question. I'm asking myself this question a lot this week too. I think back in November around all the election stuff, I was like, 
if I weren't so preoccupied with this election, what would I be thinking about? And I was like, oh, I'd be thinking about being a master of myself, a master of coaching and a master of my business. Well, that's what being in high level masterminds helps me do. Uh, the second part of the independent Scorpio moon self is that I double down on myself. It is a way for me to create a self challenge that I know rises me up. And so speaking of rising up, have I told you that my butt is about three quarters of an inch higher than it was back in August? Well, <laughs> this is my silly analogy today, you guys. Uh, I was thinking about this. I, in August, we moved. And we moved to a neighborhood with hills, lots of hills. And so now when I go on my daily walks, used to, I call it the cornfields. Obviously, it's not a cornfield anymore. It's houses. But a flat cornfield is where I used to live. And so we go for a walk, and it was all about the length of the walk, which was never very long. And here where I live, every single route I take, I have a hill I can go up. And so I can feel my glutes and hamstrings having some tension, some pressure, some resistance in a good way that actually makes me stronger, right? And so I've talked with my clients recently about this connection that I'm really getting about my physical health and my, that connects with my brain health, that connects with my, you know, mind, body, the mind, body, spirit connection. I know we've all been told about that for years and all of a sudden certain things are really clicking that health is not just about being skinny and pretty and feeling good. It's about so much more. So this walking up the hills, I feel like the flat neighborhood versus walking up and down the hills in nature is the perfect example of being in life without a high-level mastermind. For me, it's like walking around the suburbs. It's beautiful, it's nice, it's flat, it's easy. There's usually not a whole lot of, I mean, it's just it just is. But walking around this neighborhood full of this unique beauty, nature, and these hills, I have a little bit of challenge every single day. And I know that I don't want so much challenge, like I'm not, at least right now, I am not necessarily going to be one of those, um, a person who's really into, what's it called? They have boxes, uh, you know, where you're, you're super, super lifting weights, although you never know. Um, I'm not going to be hardcore athletic, at least right now. <laughs> And I do like, I also don't want to be like hardcore couch potato, right? I like a moderate level of exercise, a moderate level of cardio, a moderate level of lifting. And so what I love about being in a high level mastermind is that I have resistance that builds muscle. It's like walking slightly up a hill. It's just enough challenge to... And learning that keeps me in flow state. And actually, that's a um, scientific principle. I don't remember what it's called. But if you have a high level of challenge and a high level of desire at the same time, it can keep you in flow state. If it's too high, it can burn you out. Okay, so here's the one I really wanted to talk to you all about. This one is my personal lesson that I got from my coach, my writing coach. And even though I one-on-one -on -one work with her on Fridays, I work with her and some of her other clients just writing. And this was my insight that came out of, it's, it's come up a couple times. So this is my personal level 
And this is a personal lesson. Excuse me. This is my personal lesson and the one that I am really standing in today. When I'm at my best, when I look over my shoulder and look at the past and where I've been my best, it's when I'm standing in this. I want you to get your pen out if you can. If not, open up your phone to the notes and I want you to write down the word credibility. And I can't remember what month it was. It probably was February last year. I'm pretty sure it was because right after that, I actually took my coach's advice. So my high-level mastermind had started. It was probably my second one-on-one. And my coach looked at me about whatever it was. I was talking about starting my high-level mastermind and waiting until my May. And I don't remember the whole conversation. She just looked at me. I'm, I'm sure I probably showed up in a little bit of doubt and confusion. And she looked at me and she said, own your credibility, Allison. She's like, you're one of the best salespeople I know. You're so authentic in your sales. You're so talented. You don't even realize how good you are at sales because, and so good, how good you are at coaching and holding a container. You, you don't even see it. Own your credibility. Take a moment, look back at your past, look at what you've built, look at your time on task, look at how you continue to grow. And it was kind of a slap in the face that I needed. You know, it's like somebody throwing water on me. It was a pattern interrupt. And my response was like, oh, yeah, okay. And then I, and then I immediately backtracked and was like, well, but I need this and this and this. And she goes, no, you don't. No, you don't. <clears throat> and she challenged me to do something I had never done before. She challenged me to text people I already knew that had been clients or were solely members. She challenged me to create a list of 40 names uh, and invite people personally to my mastermind because I was kind of using the, oh, I need to get a sales page up and I need to create the program. She goes, you don't need to do that. And so I took a few moments after that call and I actually sat down and on a three by four size note card. I, I keep uh, note cards on my desk to take little notes for coaching calls and my own ideas and stuff. I'm working off one right now for this podcast. And on this little three by four note card, I wrote down both the essence and the most simple details of this coaching program. And I took a screenshot of it and I made it pretty. And I sent a handful of texts. And I got a couple of no's and I got a couple of yeses. <laughs> Actually, one of the first person I sent it to was like, I'm talking with my husband right now. I'm in. Um, I did put one little blurb on social media that two people, I didn't have their phone numbers at the time, but were both my clients. I had no idea that they wanted to do something like this, but they both reached out to me. Um, one of those clients paid in full. And she's already paid in full for next year. Next year doesn't start until the end of March. And so I just, you know, Tara helped me see what I couldn't see. And that's what I do for my clients. I help my clients see what they can't see. I help them remember who they are. One of my current clients right now, it's so fun. All I ever do is help her remember. And it sounds so simple, you guys, you women, everybody. It sounds so simple, but I join these groups and I hold these groups so that we can 
help each other remember who we really are. So credibility. Then as I'm writing this week in my book, I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing, and all of a sudden I start researching, researching, researching. And you guys, I am going to be one of those authors that actually will cite and source. I come from a graduate school background, a research background. I certainly did not invent every idea I think of. And so I've already talked with my book coach, who is also my editor, content editor, redline editor. Um, and we've talked about this research. And so every once in a while I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on this little subject and all of a sudden I start researching or start researching and I start researching and I'm writing and I'm writing and I'm writing and I'm writing down the sources. And then all of a sudden I was like, why am I researching this? I know this. I don't even need to research this. And, and where I left off on Friday morning was Allison. Own your credibility, write your process. Y'all, especially if you are not brand new at what you're doing. Own your credibility. Take a moment. I think there are some exercises in coaching that I've done before, either as a coach or as a client, where you take a minute and you write down everything you've ever done in your whole life. I will. I do remember Rich Livin, and I still think he teaches this to this day. Rich Livin used to always say, it doesn't matter. If you're a high-performing person and you're a brand-new coach, you're bringing so much credibility to the room. If you're a stay-at-home mom who's never had a, you know, six-and-a-half-figure job, you're bringing so much experience and credibility to the room. Steve Chandler used to tell his executive clients when they would ask for his resume or his curriculum vitae, he said, you're hiring a life coach. And if you're, he said, I'm a life coach. If you're alive, I can coach you. Now, that sounds flippant. I am as confident as that. There is nobody, well, there's people I wouldn't want to coach, but that I could coach somebody really well. I have so many hours. I have so many wins. I have so many successes. I have so many failures. I have a vast array from the mystic, energetic, intuitive to strategic and everything in between. And I have an uncanny ability to intuitively know what my client needs in the moment. It's like I can almost hear their soul speaking at me. A lot of times I can hear their souls despite their words. Not to mention the classes, the studying, the reading, the courses, the graduate school education, the psychology education, you know, all the things that look good on paper. I know what I'm doing and I'm one of the best in my field. And you what? Every day I I forget it. And I bet you forget it too. I remember having a coaching call with about 16 of my achievement level clients. These are people who've been in uh, business self-employed for 15 to 30 plus years. Still in business, right? They, they have survived. It, like they're not going to fail. 15, if you've been self-employed for 15 years, you're never going back. 
you, you, you're not going to fail. And I remember asking in that room, Hey, I was talking to some of the growth people who are really struggling with doubt. And I was wondering how many of you have ever felt doubt. And every single person, I said, how many of you have felt doubt this week? And every single person in that room raised their hands. And so no matter how amazing we are, we can forget. And so being in these rooms, instead of having imposter syndrome, I'm so tired of us having imposter syndrome. Darling, authentic, and ambitious woman listening to this podcast, please set down imposter syndrome and pick up your well-earned and well-honed credibility in 2021. And if there are areas where you want to become better or you feel like your credibility needs some muscle training, then go learn, put in the time and task. Put in the time and task. Right? So there's the things that we are highly influential and credible at. And maybe there are the things that we need to, uh, that, that we need to grow. If you're credible at your service, but not quite credible in getting clients, go take classes, go read books, go talk with other high level people. Figure out your branding, figure out your messaging, figure out your relationships, figure out the language you want to use to support people in their buying decisions. There is nothing that I want that I won't figure out how to be absolutely credible outside and in. So I want to leave you with that. My personal lesson from my 2020 mastermind with my coach. And this year I am, I've actually taped that word to my computer. I am, I, I am, I'm done forgetting that I've got the credibility in this. I'm done, you know, maybe some people say done shrinking. I don't need to play big. I just need to be me and I'm credible. My ambition has brought me to this moment. It's brought you, your ambition has brought you to this moment. My authenticity, and when I started being my authentic self in business in the early uh, 2000s, it was not pretty. People did not like it. It wasn't cool yet. It wasn't popular. But I also knew that I was called, when I saw these leaders around the room, I was like, something's missing. We need to have some kind of transparent leadership. And I have fumbled my way through. We've got this. So the three reasons or the three lessons from this episode, just to recap it as I close out, we rise and fall to the rooms we're in. Number two, you independent, strong mofo women. You don't need us. You don't need a high level mastermind. You want it because you double down on yourself. You give yourself a challenge to rise to. And the third reason is to support, hone, and remind you of your credibility. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Um, I'd love it if you would share this podcast. I would love it if you are not already on my email list at allisoncrow.com. You can sign up uh, there for the Feel Good Fairy Guide. And this was so fun. I had a referral a couple weeks ago. She's now a solely. And she joined a business planning class. I won't tell you her name, but I will tell you this woman is sitting there. She has 
printed out. She's a lawyer, and uh, she's an she's an employment lawyer. She printed out my feel good fairy guide, which I originally wrote in 2013, but I rewrote it last year. And so, not only does it have the feel good guide, it also has a section on how to feel difficult feelings. And this woman is telling me that this little PDF book was exactly what she needed to hear. And maybe it's exactly what you need to hear. So if you are already on my list and don't know where that copy is, if you will send me an email, I'll send it, I'll send it to you. I'd love for you to have it. I'd love to hear from you. And finally, the third thing, would you share, if you got something from this podcast, would you share it on social media? That's the other thing. I'm going to own my credibility and I'm going to start asking for more help. I might be badass, but I can't do it alone. Can't do it without you. I don't want to do it without you. I can do it without you, but I don't want to do it without you. You guys make this so much fun. I so appreciate you listening. Um, Yeah, that's what I got. Peace out. Thanks for listening to Authentic and Ambitious. You can find out more and connect with me at allisoncrow.com. The show is sponsored by my three rescue dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption the next time you're looking for a pet. Special thanks to Stacey Harris and Callie Orr with Uncommonly More and Elise Rich for making the production and promotion of this podcast possible and professional. Until next time, be your authentic and ambitious self. The world needs you.